everybody, and welcome to episode 347 of Game Apocalypse, our last normal show of 2019 before we head into our Game of the Year show next week. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is joining me here in the mystical, magical <laughs> studio of the airwaves? Matthew, here in full 3D's nuts, Alan. Oh, and special guest. Uh, this is Stove Gauntlet. Oh, no, that won't work. <laughs> Steve Gauntlet. Yes, that should work. Stove Gauntlet. <laughs> Stove Gauntlet. <laughs> of Ultra 64 Podcast. Thank you for joining us. No, no, oh, Stove thank Gauntlet you so much for having Super me back. 32 Podcast, Michael. You know, oh, it's, 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 this is all That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. the, the, the second half is not quite here yet, but <laughs> yeah. soon we will be full force. Yeah, Woody Siskowski is going to be joining us a little later. Unfortunately, Chris Antista is not appearing in this episode. He is, quote, caught in a romantic whirlwind so our thoughts hmm. and prayers to all those people affected by this disaster in florida um florida man we wish you the best as you weather this romantic whirlwind it sounds terrifying but anyway <laughs> <laughs> i imagine it's something like the movie crawl and i have to cut all that if there's an actual disaster <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it's florida so odds are high <laughs> <laughs> So we're uh, off to a strong start yeah, already. No, this is great. This is great content. <laughs> we should be very proud of it. And we are continuing in last week's theme of counting down our favorite things of 2019 so far in the run up to our game of the year episode. Mm. Last week we did new characters and this week we are doing the best 2D games of 2019. Mm. Now you would think in 2019 2D gaming would be dead. Its death was heralded way back in the 90s when the PlayStation generation came around and people were like, no, 2D games are the best. We don't want these anymore. But it's still going very strong. There have been a lot of great contenders this year, some of which we'll talk about, some of which we won't. Can, can I just talk about that mentality of like, 2D is dead. What other medium do we do that where it's like, when movies came out, people didn't go, Photography is dead! No one will want to see still things anymore! But they did say, Silent <laughs> film is dead! Black and white film is okay, dead! That, bully! That is, absolutely bully! That is true. <laughs> but I'm just saying, one, one technological progression doesn't have to cancel the last thing, man. <laughs> the pointillist didn't go, Aha! Impressionism is dead! Ah, oh, my airship <laughs> is full of silver nitrate! <laughs> and phlogiston! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no, 2D me. my laudanum I've got the dithers <laughs> 2D in some ways stronger than ever yes absolutely and it's been it's actually been a great year for 2D games for all sorts of things that we thought were dead for original IP for consoles in general, you would think like, oh, things are winding down a little bit. Like, Single no, player narrative that. games, man. Yes, yes. There's all here. That, oh. we, we, we are not all playing multiplayer MMOs on our phones, guys, from 10 years ago. Sorry. Yeah. That didn't nope. pan out. Fucking pundits. What are you, mm -hmm. more like dumbwits, am I right? <laughs> oh, take that. Yeah, I showed you, <laughs> guy who makes more money than me. Yeah. <laughs> Undoubtedly, investment banker. Analysts, more like hamalists. Than, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I was doing with that. Sorry. Right there, high five. Uh -huh. All right. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't even pretend to high five each other with uh -huh. that one. That here, was weak. Here, here, here. 
I was hey, we got it. We got a mild clink. Uh, yeah, we. I think we were afraid of breaking <laughs> the bottles over your laptop. <laughs> I guess that would be bad. That would be. <laughs> that bad. Would, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could do a stone cold moment. Just take two beers, smash them together, mm-hmm. pour them over your <laughs> face. Yeah. Yeah. Let the beer trickle down your pecs. I'm ready to talk about the best 2D games of the year. Damn it. <laughs> Katana Zero is amazing, and that's the bottom line. Ah, don't spoil things. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, we will jump in with those right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Like, I just saw the TV movie of It for the first time, like, a few years ago. Never seen it a before. TV movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you oh. obviously didn't rent it when it was on VH, like, two giant VHSs, because it was, it's really long. It was aired over two nights in, like, 1990, and that's why it's, like, it, it's, at some, at times it's, like, a really straight horror movie, then other times it, like, really pulls its punches, because it's airing on, like, ABC or some shit. And yeah, that, no, yeah, that's where I would always watch it. It would just play on cable TV. Yeah, and, and, and I saw that, and I was, and, and I was like, I really like this, except for the adult parts. Why is that there? <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. So when I found out they were splitting the movie in two to the adult parts, I'm like, that's a terrible idea because like this is, this is the dumbest part about the entire story outside of yeah, the, the kid that, orgy it, in the book. Yeah. So watching chapter two, I mean, I like Bill Hader, yeah. <laughs> but the pacing sometimes felt off, and it wasn't really scary. Oh, and le- and let me say this. I walked out of that movie and still think I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I had a great time. Oh yeah, I, I grabbed no, I mean, it, my like... friend's arm, his, his son's arm. We had a great fucking time. But when I, but I also, on further reflection, I'm like, was that terrible? And was that a horror movie? <laughs> it was and... not good. It was fun. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/LaserTime. And we're back to talk about what? 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 The t- best 2D games? Yeah, we've been drinking. Can you tell? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had one beer and a Monster Energy drink, sir. I've been drinking. Can you tell? <laughs> yes. Indeed! You've been drinking the, the official drink of, of one of this year's games of the year. <laughs> Monster Energy. And you've been drinking the one that it gets replaced with. Mm, Timefall Porter. Timefall yes. Porter beer. <laughs> Oh my god! For when you don't want to drink your beer, but you want to shake it up and shoot it at a camera. Uh huh. Death Stranding <laughs> references. Anyway, let's jump in with number five. I'll give you guys a hint: roguelite deck building game. Ah, Slay the yes. Spire? Yes. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. So I mean, excited about this one. Ordinarily, those two phrases would be an automatic, like, especially together, would just be an automatic turnoff for me. Mm, but same. Slay the Spire is really good. Very it's, good. It's basically, it's, it's just a series of random encounter battles that are, like, yeah, it's it's a roguelite. It's completely different each time. The bosses that you fight might be different. The hands that you're dealt are different, but you start out with a few basic attack and block cards, and as you get through each battle, you'll be granted new cards that do cool new things, like unleash two attacks at once, or bash your opponents, or 
Fun stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the name of the game is Perseverance. You, you persevere and you build up your deck and eventually things that were insurmountable become relatively easy. Mountable. You, mountable. Sure. Surmountable. <laughs> we'll be talking about Watam later. Speaking of things that are mountable. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it was surprisingly fun, and it, it like I didn't think much of it at first when I started playing. But the more I played, and the more I learned what exactly I was doing, the more impressed by it I was. Like once I figured out, like okay, this is how the blocking works. Like you have to use a certain number of block cards so that your block number is equal to or higher than the number that your opponents are attacking you with, and then you, Matt's already dying. Uh, <laughs> you're already yawning. Uh, <laughs> That's why the monster's here. Right? I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment, but, but stick with it. But yeah, stick with it. Once it clicks, it's super fun. I, I, I will admit, I only played this game for about an hour and a half. I, mm. I should. I But I know it's good. I mean, I, I really enjoyed myself. There was just a lot to play at the time. I, mean, I, I feel like even an hour and a half is a pretty good. You, you get a pretty good sense of what the game is. I mean, is. I saw what it was doing, and, yeah. I, and I, it, it, it does almost feel very. It, it's. It's simplistic and, and and beautiful in that in in its simplicity in that it's like well of course like to make a roguelike with a deck building game your potential pool of cards would you know the thing the roguelikes do which is you kind of have your your meta which is you can theoretically grow higher in power after several playthroughs is like that's kind of what they're doing here is is you you can upgrade the pool of your deck in order to make it further and further is it up the spire you're trying to slay the spire you're trying yeah to, well there's mm. there's like yeah. that that first tower that you have to climb which is like very dungeony and you fight a lot of monsters you can you can choose like one of four paths that go up and like sometimes the paths branch so it's like okay do I want to fight an elite enemy or do I want to rest at a bonfire so mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit dark soulsy in that way except resting doesn't really heal you all the way it heals like 30% of your hp so you you kind of have to really watch yourself you're it, it is kind of difficult to heal and there will not always be opportunities for it. But then once you get through that first ascension and beat that first boss, then it's like, now you're in the city and you have to climb a different spire. And uh, the further in you get, you will unlock different characters. The Silent is one, which is really fun to play as, like this spellcaster that has a dagger and uses poison attacks and wears like a goat skull and like a weird clunky automaton robot. I actually do enjoy deck building games quite a bit. Mm. And so the fact that it's combined with one of my other favorite genres, which is roguelike, I can't wait to play more of this because this is a Game Pass game. This is one that, like, I, I was really not looking forward to playing this, just reading the description of it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be super complicated and kind of a grind. And within minutes, like, I, I, I you pick it up. It's really intuitive. Yeah. I think it's great for people who don't play lots of, like, deck building type games like this. Mm-hmm. And I can tell instantly, like immediately, I can. Yeah, yeah, I can tell immediately. This is going to be such a time suck for me. Like, I, I really am excited to fall down this, uh, this hole with Slay the Spire. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see as much as I can. I'm really liking it. It's, it seems like a good second game that, like, I would play while I'm trying to download another main game or something like that. You know those those tweener games? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say, in in terms of deck building, like, if you're like me and kind of phobic of that. Because you spent your childhood dodging magic cards, seeing all your friends succumb to this weird addiction and not wanting any part of it. Yep. Um, Same boat. A way to see this that might make it more palatable, don't think of them as cards. Think of it as that every round 
you get like a certain number of options to attack, defend, mm-hmm. use spells, and it's just randomized what you can do. Yeah. And, and that's really right. all it is. Like you, you get like five cards. It's like, okay, this time I got like three attacks, two special attacks, and one block. So I'll just, I need to use three of those and then I can move on to the next round. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think where this game is really brilliant is the way it kind of walks you through the mechanics of it so perfectly. Like you start with just the very basic attacks. You have a slash, you have a defend. And then as you beat your first enemy, you, you know, that kind of, kind of helps you get your feet wet a little bit. You can, uh, figure out when you need to put on your uh, put, spend your points for defending and when you need to spend it for attacking. Mm-hmm. And then when you beat that first enemy, you gain another card that's slightly more complex, and then you yep. beat another enemy and it's slightly more complex. So it really walks you through it. And by the time you are going through your second playthrough, you feel very confident about the landscape. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, 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 there's a very steady and approachable learning curve. One of my favorite things about the fact that we're doing this list now is one of our ideas was kind of to do a list of maybe games that didn't make our top 10 that we also wanted to talk about. And this mm-hmm. is definitely one that I know was high on a lot of people's top 10s. I know Kat Bailey yeah. at our mid-year show was talking this game up. She's like, no, this game's amazing. You guys mm-hmm. have to try mm-hmm. it. And she was right. Yeah. No, it is really good. People are going to burn me as a heretic for saying this. But oh. for my money, I still don't think it's quite as good as... Number four. So guess what, guys? There was a really good Contra game <laughs> that say, came out this, Contra game. this year. <laughs> oh, this sure was. Do you remember what it's called? Blazing Chrome? Yes, Blazing Chrome. Uh, complete with 80s era voice samples. My, my first impression of this game is like, holy shit, this is like a straight-up Contra 3 clone. Mm. Like, there oh, yeah. there are parts of the game, even in the first level, that it's just like, oh yeah, this is like the factory stage in Contra 3 where you're on the rails, and little swarming insects come down and scoop you up, and you've got like a flamethrower kind of weapon to, to shoo them away. And But then it also blends in elements of metal slug like you've got the little mecha that you can hop into that have guns and shit and this is a game about firing constantly in every direction you will get other weapons but you will want to save them because you can die very quickly just by taking a single hit i was gonna ask how bullet helly is it is it pretty bad no no no, it's not i wouldn't really call it bullet helly like if you've played a contra game you have a rough idea of what to expect but is it one hit i would say it's a little Mm -hmm. it's a little easier than the original contra like i would say it's easier to play than contra yeah yeah Yeah. yeah great so i'm gonna need 30 lives definitely easier to play oh, than yeah. cuphead <laughs> okay yes yeah yeah, yeah for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. and fairly forgiving actually i was kind of surprised like how quickly i was able to mow through some of the bosses yeah i was able to kind of just sneak behind their heads a lot and just mm-hmm. uh aim upwards and that that works yeah. so you know i guess this was created by a brazilian developer but uh apparently very very smitten with 80s arcade games because it tries to ape that style the music there's like a song that we might play during the break that plays over the end credits and it has like a little icon that says like accessing cd audio like a little spinning cd icon and then it starts but you get two characters to start with mavra and doyle like Doyle is a a, a uh, robot that was turned. So you're you're fighting against these machines that are just Maverick just refers to them as toasters. And there's apparently some aliens in there as well. And I, I can't emphasize this enough. Doyle is a robot with a mohawk. Yes. 
think, yeah. I think that's very shirtless important. robot with a mohawk. <laughs> shirtless oh, robot he wears with a pants. Mohawk. He wears pants, but no shirt. Like the ghost of future past from <laughs> Aqua Teen <laughs> Hunger Force or whatever that's that guy's name was. <laughs> that's a hundred percent what he made me think of when I first saw him. Was oh, it the cybernetic ghost of Christmas past <gasps> that's from the, the future? One. Yeah. That's the one. Yes. Um, thousands of years ago. Thousands, thousands of years. Ago. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, this. Like I, I love just the heavily <laughs> artifacted uh, '80s arcade board voice clips. Hard to hear, but she says "lock and load" every oh, time okay. she responds. Hmm. Yeah, man, that's that's really authentic sounding like yeah and that's probably hard to do because at the time in the 80s it was they're just dealing with hardware limitations like hey this is just how it sounds when it goes through this but mm-hmm. uh but yeah. now they can say what did you say go to college yeah i said go to college <laughs> you can do it for free under bernie uh, <laughs> no uh, I mission mean, for real like if, if it weren't for the speed that this game uh, operates as, uh, you totally think this is a Super NES game. Like, it's very authentic feeling and looking. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just immensely fun, this one. And uh, I, I think I think this is Game Pass as well. If you like Contra games and this year's Contra wasn't quite what you were looking for, like, this, your your fix is right here. Blazing Chrome oh, is, is really, really good. It's, it's super fast. It's really fun. It's well-designed. I can find very little fault. You guys settle settle a, a very very old argument sure. for me. So we, my friends and I, used to get in this debate when we were playing Contra and similar shooters like this. Is the proper way to play it tapa 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 or hold and fire? I always hold and fire. I hold and fire. You were holding fire. Yeah. Okay. See, I was a tapa tapa tapa. Okay. Well, I guess okay. I think I might be on the wrong side of history here. So let me let me qualify that. If I feel that I will shoot faster by tapa tapa tapa, like certain guns holding is just as fast, but mm. if, if mm. I can tell I'm getting more bullets per second because I'm faster, then I will tapa tapa tapa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And it's in, in the first Contra also, it, you kind of have to tapa tapa tapa, but then uh, Contra 3 gives you the machine gun to start with. That's right. your default weapon. So you're, you're just a constant stream of bullets in every direction why wouldn't you just hold it down yeah totally mm-hmm. i think i must have just fallen into the habit but yeah everyone always said i was being crazy for uh for not doing the hold it down and spray and pray kind of move i don't know well don't, the, the machine right. guns in contra were i mean the bullets were right next to each other that was like a like a hose of bullets basically so you gotta mm-hmm. hold, oh, yeah, yeah, hold yeah. down with that bad boy yeah and mild oh, yeah mild spoilers i guess not really spoilers but there are unlockable characters in this if you finish the game on any difficulty you will unlock two more characters uh, like uh cybernetic woman and a ninja who are i think mostly melee fighters like as opposed to the others they they're they're less reliant on guns and more reliant on close-up attacks Hmm. which is cool kind of strange for a game like so they change the gameplay style yeah a little bit but But anyway we should probably jump ahead to number three to say right off the bat this is low-key one of my very favorite games this year this is a wild guess uh-huh. is this indivisible 
It is not, oh, but that is man. a good guess. Indivisible did not make our list because I didn't get to play it enough. It was technically kind of 2D anime It, it is. Well, Indivisible is sort of a Valkyrie profile yeah, update. Yeah, but yeah. yeah I, I liked it a lot. I just didn't get very far mm. into it. Um, so, yeah, it, consider it a, a number six if you want. But <laughs> this mm. is River City Girls. Oh, shit. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Did anyone besides me play much of this? I did play this. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I tend to like most of what Wayfair forward does i think mm-hmm. they they have some of the most gorgeous like 2d sprites of any company and i think this is one of their most gorgeous games that they've done so far i was slow to kind of get into this one but as you start playing through and kind of grinding and leveling up a little bit and you start unlocking more versatile moves it starts to really click into place and uh, it's it's a good time how does it how does it, it or does it expand upon the beat-em-up genre at all? Or is it just a really good one of those? Well, do you remember River City Ransom with mm-hmm. the first game, how that felt to play? Yeah. Where it works in all these RPG elements. This one is very similar to that. You've mm. got RPG elements, you've got a semi-open world, and you've got lots of weird little touches around the edges, little semi-secret things to ferret out and find, and you've got a whopping sense of humor that pervades all hmm. aspects of this game. Humor? I don't know what that is. That's because you're ignorant, Tibby. Humidity stands for punching until Brits explode right towards you. Now do you understand? Not at all. Well, let's see if we can find someone to help pound knowledge into your tiny brain. Yeah, that that's like a film strip that plays in the background while you're fighting in a classroom, so I couldn't find audio of it just isolated. I was gonna say I could just hear random fighting voices. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, there's there's a like Way Forward also worked on Double Dragon Neon. Mm-hmm. And there is a mm-hmm. lot of crossover between River City Girls and Double Dragon Neon. Uh, you fight a Bobo. He's a major boss at one point. The Lee brothers run two separate dojos on opposite ends of town. Jimmy Lee is like, yeah, bro, let's just get in there and like really break some legs and shit. And uh, Billy <laughs> Lee is very peaceful and zen-like and like, oh, you've come to my dojo to learn from me. What about, what about Bimmy Lee? Bim, Bimmy and yeah, Jammy. Bimmy's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Bimmy and Jammy, which appeared in Double Dragon Neon, are not in River City Girls. Uh, but do you know who is? <laughs> Welcome to my pawn shop. Is that a talking skeleton? Skeletor? Rude! You act like I'm not even here. Sorry. How do you talk without lips? Unimportant! That is Skullmageddon! Uh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> the villain of Double Dragon Neon. Uh, <laughs> who's, yes, he's just a Skeletor parody. But he runs a pawn shop in this, and you, you have to spend $10 to buy a gold cat from him to entice a, a, a boss out of hiding at one point. Or 10 bones, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 sure. You get to play as Misako and Kyoko, who are nominally the girlfriends of Kunio and Riki the protagonists of River City Ransom or of the Kunio games. Like, it's it's sort of weird because th- this is like a... Somewhere between the localization of River City Ransom and the original Japanese thing, it's like, it's River City, but it's also kind of Tokyo. And these two guys are in it and we use their Japanese names. And 
at one point a character actually calls out like you only dated them in like one 16-bit game that didn't even come out in the u.s <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they these, these characters that misako and kyoko were originally in a kunio kun game that was exclusively on super famicom never never made it out here despite that series's popularity I believe um, they did appear in uh, uh, NES World Cup or one of the soccer or volleyball games back in the day. Like, oh, they did nice. make it out here, so, yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of weird, just little random dialogues between Misako and Kyoko that happen throughout the game. I wonder who took Kunio and Ricky. I wonder who sent us that text message. Yeah, huh? Check your phone, Kyoko. <laughs> For what? To find out who sent us that text. Oh, yeah! It says, uh... Blocked caller. That's a weird name. Damn it. Of course it would be blocked. Oh, you know it? Um, yeah, the the gag is they're both idiots. <laughs> I think Misako is is like in, extremely poor. She says, like, I found this shirt at a bus stop. Other characters make fun of them for this. So they they, they text messaging, so that's um still doesn't explain why Kunio has a 50s uh, look to him. You know, he's, he's got like the greaser style always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always. Although they, they updated that a bit for this game. He, he like, he's not even wearing like traditional like white school uniform that he usually wears. They like kind of turned it into a smarter looking hoodie ensemble. So it's like it kind of works. And then like Ricky is shirtless all the time for some reason. Well, but, you know, if you had pecs like that, wouldn't you be? Sure. Yeah. I think he just wears like an open jacket, no shirt and like those... Uh, the abdominal wrappings that like tough guys do in anime. If anime is to be oh, believed, right, that yeah. is a huge style in Japan. Yeah, yeah, I think it's to be believed. We should just pretty much take it as a document of uh, what <laughs> just life get is off like in the Japan. Plane. Show. <laughs> oh, I hundred percent do. <laughs> We're here, Japan. Yeah. <laughs> just our jackets, maybe some bow ties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got my gun sword ready to go. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Hell of a time getting that on the plane, but yeah. it happened. Oh man, yeah. customs man, hell. I've been here hours and haven't even seen one mech. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They're all out in the countryside. <laughs> you have to go to Hokkaido to see a mech. <laughs> Uh, I, I like that the feed the feature that this game added where you can uh, the the last character on screen will beg for their life yes. and then you can recruit them you can grab them and hold L and that'll or if you're playing on Switch and uh, then they'll join you and then you can press L to call them in as like a little summon to help you uh, in some fights later and that's really mm-hmm. cool and it's kind of fun to go through and try and collect all the different types of kids and everything yeah and it also kind of underscores like this is not like you killing people or anything like these are all just high school kids that like to beat each other up a lot speaking of characters you call in for the assist we have another <laughs> guest joining us oh that's a good transition <laughs> that is who, who who are you mysterious guest <laughs> oh that we we somehow pummeled to near near death within his life but we decided to save you and then hit the l button to call you into the podcast midway through <laughs> well th- thank you very much um this is woody siskowski co-host of ultra 64 with uh steve guntley who you've been talking to hi woody currently. thanks for yes. joining us yes yeah we're ha- we're having fun here have you played river city girls do you have any fond recollections i have i have not played it i mean assuming it's part of the river city ransom series yeah, right yes yes, yes. 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 the cuneo universe mm. The Kunio verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different from the Susu Sudio verse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not not as much as you'd think, but the Phil Collins cinematic very universe. Very 80s. Both coming very soon. 80s. Both extremely 80s. 
We're, that's why, again, they don't know what decade they're in. It's like they dress like the mm-hmm. 50s, they're text messaging, but they're still very 80s. Yeah. I don't know. That's but, my favorite thing in this game is the, the enemies with the very floppy pompadours. The giant floppy <laughs> oh, pompadours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, Those and are the, my favorite character designs. The Bonta pants, which I only know about because of Yakuza 0. Mm. There's like which ones that, are Bunta pants? Bunta pants are like the, the big baggy pants that like tough guys supposed to, are supposed to wear, like tough oh, students. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they look like they belong on a zoot suit or something. And, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. But I just know about them because in Yakuza 0, there's like a future villain appears as a teenager and he's obsessed with going around and beating up other kids for their bonta pants. I see. That's okay. dumb. You steal people's <laughs> pants. Well, I mean, in the original River City Ransom, you would knock guys out and steal their quarters. That's so true. I feel like the pants are just sort I mean, of the natural evolution. You do that here, too. And I also love that you can pick up other, like, downed characters and use yeah. these clubs to hit other characters yeah yes, i got through I a lot that. of fights like that yeah i i was really fond of the uh the bruce back punch i think they called it in this like mm. uh you get to like level five or something like that and then you can uh punch behind you like bruce right. lee yeah. yeah yeah that was a fun one That's very really stylish cool. yeah and i i really who, who did you who did you play as steve uh, I played a little bit as both. I started a game mm. as each one. Uh, I started as Kyoko because she has a bat, uh, but mm-hmm. she doesn't actually have the bat when you start. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, yeah, but I think I made it a little farther as Misuko or yeah, Misako. Misuko. Yeah, yeah, Misaku. I, 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 I got through it as as Misako and like mild spoilers. You will unlock other characters, and then trying to Yay. level them up once you finish the game is a little bit challenging. <laughs> but it is so. Did it you guys cool there in there? Did you guys play through this game in a one player mode? I, mean, I did, yeah. I only played one player, yeah. But it, to is, me, the, it is two-player, and it's online. The, yeah. the fundamental problem with the beat-em-up genre, even if you know it's sort of new and updated, is it just kind of wears you down after a while. Mm. I feel like mm-hmm. you need, especially in one player, I feel like you need that second player in there to kind of keep things interesting. But do you, does this game stay interesting sort of the whole way through? I think it does. Mm. I mean, for me, like the, the RPG stuff, the unlocking new moves, the finding new weapons, fighting new enemies, and like just visiting different districts of river city was really interesting okay. mm-hmm. and you know just just continually saying like oh now now i'm fighting against these cybernetic schwarzenegger guys that just go like, rah, rah, rah. like yeah get to the chopper yeah exactly but <laughs> but less coherent than that just just grunts and wails yeah. <laughs> It it actually reminded me a lot of the uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the yeah. world yes game. the graphics yeah. look okay. a lot yeah. like that very yeah. strongly Which of is, that yeah yeah, so, which is one of my favorite beat em ups. Yeah, so same, I think yeah, this one's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, if you like Scott Pilgrim, if you like Double Dragon Neon, you will love River City Girls. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you won't love it as much as. Number two. I mean, this one should be pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. If you couldn't recognize the remixed Overworld theme, this is Cadence of Hyrule. Mm-hmm. You what? can definitely recognize the Link grunts. Hi-ya! Hi-ya! Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what is the full title? It's like, Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring Legend of Zelda. Something along <laughs> right. those lines. Yeah. 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 It's a very legally, um, it's like written by lawyers to yeah, make yeah. sure that they get all the names of the interested parties in the title. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, as a huge fan of the original Crypt of the Necrodancer, um, I was so excited when they first announced this game. I could not wait to get my hands on it. And then when it did came out, I think I played through this thing in a 
less than a day. Um, that is also sort of a knock against its length. I wish it was mm. a little bit longer. That is one thing that I've heard. It's fairly short. It is. Well, it you is. had already probably played Crypt of the Necrodancer a lot, right? So you were probably already good at the game. That's my other complaint is yeah. it's a little easy, especially if you've played Crypt of the Necrodancer games. They are, they're more roguelikes. Well, they are roguelikes, and you are not supposed to be able to, to beat all the dungeons and you know in the first playthrough. It should take you several hours. Um and especially to master the rhythms and stuff like that. Like as you as you get deeper and deeper into the dungeon, in crypt of the neck or into the crypt, I should say, uh, it does get harder to kind of stay on beat and stuff because the songs get more complex. Whereas in this one, they had to tie themselves to the Zelda license, and so they are limited with what they do. But it's oh, yes. th- famously easy Zelda. Well, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. but they, <laughs> they 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 expand in other different ways, which which is actually very nice and refreshing in that like. It really is a traditional 2D Zelda game in terms of the overworld, just where when you go from screen to screen, you have a bunch of enemies that you have to conquer on that mm-hmm. screen to the rhythm. Um, yeah, ideally. I've, I've noticed like watching playthroughs, like people don't tend to stay on rhythm. Like It's possible, like I've watched people go like several beats not moving and the enemies don't really move. You lose your score mu- uh, multiplier uh-huh. if you do that, though. All so right. if, you, if you really want to play very well you you want to stay on rhythm but um yeah and then once you clear all the enemies off of a screen uh you no longer have to be on rhythm you can just hop around at will mm-hmm. i love that every mm. song in the game has the combat version and the peaceful version yeah i actually have a clip that illustrates that Never, never knew I wanted to hear uh, classic Zelda tunes remixed with a dance beat, but here we are. <laughs> oh, and it's not just dance. That's one of the beauties of this game is there are so many genres that they go across in the soundtrack that mm-hmm. they, they rethink and remix. You know, Zelda songs we're all very familiar with by now with, with different instrumentation and, mm-hmm. and different styles. Oh, it's very... It's, it's some, so some less than others, though, for instance... Even that has a beat behind it. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard or, to improve on the, perfection. Or, or this one. Yeah, still. That one I like. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. A little, little bit of extra instruments there. And it's like, okay, yeah, this sounds, this sounds all classy. That's neat. Yeah. This is one of those games, like, what? I don't mean this as a knock, but one of my favorite parts of this game is when you stop playing it, <laughs> and then you realize, like, you're kind of doing everything, like, to a little beat. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I, I stopped yeah. playing for a little while and then went to do the dishes, and it's just like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, so yes. it, it gets in your head. It, it's Tetris infectious. Effect, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the premise of Crypt of the Necrodancer is super cool, and, like, I really appreciate what they were going for, but with that said, it was one of the only games I have returned on Steam, because I'm like, oh, this looks right up my alley, and then to try and play a roguelike and keep a rhythm the whole time, my brain just couldn't handle it, and I'm like, I just want to focus on loot, and I don't want to, like, have to try and stay in tempo with a score multiplier. Yeah, and so it's like yeah. the the thing that makes the game cool and unique is that rhythm aspect, but it just sort of was unappealing to me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they've they, well, what's crazy about the original? They've since expanded it where there've been so many different characters, and so if you aren't into the rhythm part, 
there is a certain starting character. You, I think you do have to unlock them that you can just play through it at your own will and just kind of move at your own speed. There's one character that nothing else on the screen moves until you move. So it becomes more of a puzzle thing where you can, you can take your time to think out like, oh, if I move, this enemy is going to move here. And you don't need to worry about going to the beat or losing your multiplier or them attacking you or anything like that. But yeah, that, that's, that's sort of another knock against the Cadence of Hyrule is the depth, at least last time I played it, um, it wasn't there like the original. Like they, they haven't gone back and added as much. Although I think they did add a few different modes last time I checked in. Um, because one of my original complaints is, wow, there's really no true roguelike mode. And then I think it's buried kind of in the menus, but there's a daily challenge mode that mm. is very Crypt of the Necrodancer. It's super difficult and it's roguelike. And so that is in there now if you, if you go back. Uh, and those are some fun challenges. I feel like one thing that's kind of an... It, like, it's super awesome that Nintendo has sort of, like, reached out to, like, an indie developer and said, you know, we like what you do and we want to license our characters to it because usually Nintendo is so stingy about it. But I do feel like the drawback there is sort of any change or addition that the developer Brace Yourself Games needs to add, they have to, like, run by Nintendo. And so sure. this is going to be sort of... its Content is not going to come out at the same speed... As for the original Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're going to let you use their IP, yeah. but they're going to have a shorter leash. They're not going to let you go full Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah, they're exactly. not going to make that mistake. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's everyone's well, ha- loss. Having, having seen a, just a little bit behind the scenes of these cross-company collaborations with Nintendo, like, yeah, there is a lot of very stringent quality control. They are very protective of their characters. And you need to be, like, you need to come at them correct with, like, yes, this will impress you, what we've done with your characters. And I think one of the more impressive things that Cadence of Hyrule does is it gives us something we haven't had in a very long time, which is a playable Zelda. Yeah. You can play as Link or Zelda, Mm. like, which you haven't been able to do since 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 beloved 3DO days. (laughs) CDI. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the CDI days. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. Or Smash. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> but that doesn't quite count. That's not as I know, Legend of Zelda-branded game. To tie, to tie it to Smash as well, I just think it's really... I really like the vibe that's sort of been in the game industry lately. It seems like all the companies have been playing very nice with each other. Yeah. Like, there's been mm-hmm. um, the new MLB, uh, the show that's been a Sony thing, is, yeah. like, yeah. coming to different consoles. There was even talk of a Halo collection coming to Switch. Oh, wow. Which, I I don't know, maybe I'm putting out false rumors, but I read it on the internet. um, You call them rumors. Yeah, and the same thing, like the SNK guys in Smash. Like, it's just, I feel like all these companies are like, hey, we all have an audience, we all have a niche, like, let's just share it. Um, And I feel like... Crossplay is becoming more and more popular, I think. I think it's more like, hey, we all have these characters, we all like money. Yeah, Yeah. well, sure. Happily share them across (laughs) the platform. Yeah, I I know money is sort of the bottom end, but like... It's happy cynicism. Yeah, it's happy cynicism. Hmm. No, definitely. I feel like this game, when you you play it just right and kind of get into a flow, it's like... Mm I don't know. It's very. It feels very choreographed, and it feels very, very satisfying. More than just like any roguelike where you just walk in. I don't know. It feels like if you could time it just right, dance around all these different characters, know what their moves are going to be. It just it just flows really well. It's that kind of video game umami kind of sa- <laughs> satisfaction. Kind of. I don't know. Yeah. It does. This this game does have a zen state for sure. Once you're very good at it, and if you watch high level play. 
people look badass while playing it because <laughs> they're they're hopping to the rhythm and they're timing their attacks perfectly and it seems like they can almost predict where the enemies are going to go and that's that's part of the allure of the original of Crypt of the Necrodancer is like when you are playing that game and you are in the zone you feel so badass and you just get locked in and there's nothing else like it but it's not for everyone yeah. you know yeah. as Woody was saying it's like yeah if you if 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 you can't get into the rhythm game aspect well you know there's other games for you another Zelda games for you but from someone like me who loves rhythm games loves Zelda and loves the original Crypt of the Necrodancer um, this game was such a gift and I just I loved it so much and my only complaint it's one of those good complaints is I wish it were longer mm-hmm. you know anytime you wish that of a game it's that means it was pretty good they yeah. wanted more of it so. yeah yeah absolutely and I think that that tracks on uh, these sort of 2D games and indie games in general and it's one of the things I really mm-hmm. like about them is they're very you very rarely play the 2D indie that's too long yeah mm, yeah. yeah that's true yeah, maybe maybe grindstone. Maybe that's like just the right length. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> at 150 levels. levels. Yeah, but but I I think that that is actually an extremely high compliment for a game saying it's too short. Like, yeah. no, I wanted much more of this. Yeah, yeah that's true. This experience that was so great. Well, and also, when was the last time you paid less than sixty dollars for a Zelda game? Yeah, mm. no, it's, it's true. Yeah, they never. I mean, I guess three uh, DS game. Well, maybe three DS games are like 40. forty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that yeah. game's but, like eight years old at this point. Yeah, the Link Between yeah. Worlds. I think this game was twenty five full retail, something something like that. Yeah, so nice. yeah, I got it much um, cheaper. So yeah, it was a there was a Steam or a sale on the Switch store. So yeah, yeah. Mm. This is crazy. When does Nintendo ever do sales? Like, what is <laughs> this game industry we're working in it's now? Great. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. All right, but is it as great as <laughs> Kicking open doors, slashing up dudes. What game is this? Katana uh, Zero. You forgot to grab a bottle. You gotta grab <laughs> grab that bottle and throw it uh-huh. for Katana Zero. Yeah, Katana Zero. Oh man, so good. It uh, is. <laughs> it is. So did you guys put Slay the Spire at number five on this list? Yeah. Oh, we did. We did. You guys, you guys are crazy. That game is awesome. It's amazing. We're it's... barbarians. Yeah. <laughs> but this game's awesome too. This game is awesome too. Well, so what is that character's name? Is his name Zero? Is that yeah, is that how you identify Zero? Okay. You just kind of know him as the samurai yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I spent a lot of time con- trying to convince you why mm-hmm. he should be on our favorite characters list because I love this character so uh, much. Because he's an asshole who interrupts people constantly. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you choose to play him that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, he can be. Yeah. 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 I or love the way that the text polite. the text explodes when you interrupt it people. Does, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, just letters go flying everywhere, and they go red, don't they? Or, yeah. or no, it's red yeah. when you're going inter- to in the interrupt state. Yes. That's that's how you know you can politely interrupt is when mm-hmm. it's no longer red. Is mm-hmm. there any advantage yeah. to interrupting, or you just sort of move the story along faster? Is it? There's stuff that can happen, and mm-hmm. we won't spoil it further. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. I've been too polite the entire game so yeah. far. Yeah. Well, yeah, you want—I mean, you want to know the story. Um, I feel like this game. There's a couple like super big indie games that have sort of set the standard for what indie games could be, and I feel like one of the big ones uh, is Hotline Miami. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. Course, and yeah. this game basically is a sword, a side-scrolling sword version of Hotline Miami. 
with a little yes. bit of another uh, uh, signature indie game, Celeste. Uh, so it feels a little bit like like oh, both of go. those, oh, sure. like both of yeah. those kind of mashed up with with this wildly stylish, like an incredibly gripping story, which I was not expecting at all. I will say about yeah. this game, really? I think the story really peaks sort of around the middle of the game. Where you're not sure where it's going to go, and then as it continues on, I found it to get less interesting. One of the things I really like about Hotline Miami is it stays super vague and super surreal the whole time, and at the end, you're Mm -hmm. like, I have no idea what just happened. I feel like this game sort of makes sense at the end of it, Hmm. and that's not necessarily in its favor. No. Yeah. Uh, like- see, for me, I, that's what I preferred. I, the, the, what I didn't like about Hotline Miami was that it was this lucid dream state the whole time, and you mm-hmm. you weren't sure what had happened. Whereas in this game, it's like there's still a little bit of that because yeah. you you, mm-hmm. you can you can always think like maybe it was all in his head. Yeah. But they they do a job of at least telling a story that if you if you do go through all the dialogue trees and options, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you can learn about this character. Yeah, but I, I do like the the world building in this. That it's it's one of those games where you just start in and you sort of assume it's like a modern or near future, probably American setting, and then mm-hmm. like you realize like oh no, this is like some sort of either far future thing or a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. Something really weird has happened. There's been some war that people keep referring to. It's sort of like Hotline Miami that way. It's like, this is A1980s. It is Mm. not V1980s. Yeah. Yeah. Or or even like Disco Elysium. That was another game with a lot of really good world building Mm. this year. Where it's just like, oh, yeah, you're in this strange milieu where like you're still in like 19th century colonialism, royalism in in a Europe-like continent. Anyway, I'm I'm getting too far off. (laughs) But uh, Katana Zero... It, yeah, it borrows heavily from the gameplay of Hotline Miami. You're yes. doing a lot of kicking down doors to kill people on the other side. One hit will kill you, and one hit will also kill your enemies. So it's all about trying to get the upper hand as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for you, you have some t- cool time manipulation powers that let you uh, slow down time and slice bullets in midair to wit. Hmm. This also has something that I feel like more 2D games should bring in, and uh, I think on this list only Blazing Chrome did it really well, which is, of course, a motorcycle level. Just slicing up dudes with guns as they come onto the scene. That that motorcycle level felt really good. Yeah, yeah it felt it was great. It was unlike anything else in the rest of the game too. It was, mm-hmm. it was so good. And, and I kind of, I kind of like synth that they uh, they they acknowledge it in game too. Like immediately after they're they're talking about all the collateral damage and the, the the broken helicopter and all the broken motorcycles he left on the freeway, which is not something they usually acknowledge in games like this. So I don't know. I, I like that they went back to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think that was in the in the, one of the. Dialogues with his psych. Let's call him a psychiatrist because he's giving yeah. him meds, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is like he, I, you I, sit down and do talk therapy with him. Yeah, yeah. and, I, and, I he, and he gives you your like next assassination mission, as most psychiatrists mm-hmm. do. Right. That's what mine does. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. love the way well, you it's... have a. Uh, 
an A button. Like, once you leave his office, the, the command for A button says burn dossier. Yeah, Which yeah. I just like when yeah. they have really yeah. weird commands for, like, one button. Like, yeah. oh, that's the burn dossier button. Yeah. Great. That's how it does sure, that every yeah. time. <laughs> I love the conversations with the psychiatrist because he, he gets so irritable, especially if you interrupt him over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And after that, that motorcycle scene, he's like, oh, you... You left a wrecked helicopter and a bunch of corpses all over the freeway. Do you know how many people we've had to call to cover this up? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if you can like interrupt and say, like, this guy told me everything. And it's like, who's that guy? Is it one of your freeway corpses? I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few missions too where you can you can fuck things up or you can do them slightly different than the way he originally asks, and, and he might kind of choose you out for that. And over over the course of the game, it progressively gets worse and worse, where they just become shouting mm, like, <laughs> "Do you talk to the DJ?" Yeah, mm, mm, mm. Mm. you might uh, find out some interesting things. Yes, yes. Uh, talking about yeah. length, um, this game is also not hugely long, um, and it made me realize yeah. one of the strange things. I feel like the Nintendo Switch is kind of your best bet for having for these kind of indie games because, like, they're really good um, for portable things um, yes. and they're just quick to download and things like that. But there's no achievements on the Switch, and I think that mm. that really hurts a game like this because one of the gimmicks at the end is there's sort of secret weapons that you can get by um, fulfilling certain criteria in the different levels. So even, but once you've beaten the game and there's no achievements, it's really hard, at least for me, to sort of get up the willpower to want to find those weapons. So I don't even yeah. care if there was some, I don't even need like a Nintendo score or something that tracks points. I just want to see that achievement that says like, collect all the secret weapons. Because then yeah, I would have yeah. some drive to go do that. And then I would even know that it's an option. Like, I really don't like... You, you don't even see what the achievements are in the game on the Switch. Yeah. And that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even... and I didn't go back to get a lot of those weapons because the, the things you had to do were pretty tough, I remember. Like, it, it, it was, you know... One of my... It's not a complaint against the game because I did feel it was necessary, but the... I feel like the time-slow mechanic is sort of a cheat. Like, it made certain levels a little too easy where, yeah, like, sometimes I, I would... Well, if you purpose- see, like, there's a guy with a gun, I need to slow down time as I kick open this door so that he will shoot me and I can deflect the bullet back at him. But there were other times where I was like, I'm just not going to do time-slow because I have figured out this level where I can just get to the point where I'm going to wait until his back's to the door and kill him then. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, yeah, sometimes the time-slow did feel like easy mode but i can see why they had it there because some of those levels would have been unbeatable if it wasn't in there i did kind of stop using it after a while like for a while i just forgot and then i remembered i had it Mm -hmm. but i just it just felt i don't know it just felt more natural not to use it i I don't know reflecting the bullets was much more fun a lot of the parts of the game would be very very hard without the time so like i think it's yes it does make some parts easy but i think a lot of the parts are designed around it like the last Mm -hmm. boss of this game is one of the fastest like bosses that I've ever played in a game in terms of like how quickly she can kill you with like these lasers and just jumps around and shoots all over and like without that slowdown mechanic you just have no way to sort of catch your breath and anticipate what's happening next yeah that's mm-hmm. true that's true yeah but yeah we, I had a lot of fun with this I actually went back in cuz I cuz I was like we we talked this up as one of our best games of the year back in June. Mm-hmm. And like since then, it's kind of fallen out of my memory. And so I went back in and was replaying it and was like, okay, well, there, here's a secret path that I can take. I'll do that so that it's it's fresh. And it's like, yeah, this is so 
amazing and dynamic and fun and it does so many cool things like it, it like you you kind of have to jump back into it to really appreciate it if it's been one mm-hmm. i think and i think the difficulty is also it's really well balanced where there are some levels that are hard you're gonna have to try them over and over and over again For but sure. you do get that yeah. sense of accomplishment when you do finally figure it out but, in but time that's, your run. that's another great thing that it borrows from hotline miami is like the fast fail state like yes. you will die but then it will immediately rewind yeah. and like with within a second, you will be back at the start. Well, I, and ready I disabled to go. the yeah. rewind. You can disable the rewind so it just clicks you back to the start oh, right away. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, if this game had load times, it would not be a good game. Yeah. It'd be like, nope, I'm not sitting through that. I yeah. like the framing mechanic too of like instead of just going through lives, it's just him planning out the, the route in his head. And then when it doesn't work yes. out, he's just like, oh, no, that didn't work. Let me try this until mm-hmm. it works. Yeah. Well, I got it again from the beginning. Yeah. I like the way uh, that that kind of framed it. I don't know. This game, I spent mm-hmm. the first half of it playing. And thinking like, Jesus, I really want to see this story as a movie. Uh, like, you know, get a good like uh, indie direct, get Nicholas Winding Refn or something in there to do a super mm-hmm. stylized mm-hmm. version of this. And I think I wound up just yep. thinking like, just call it Drive, but with a samurai. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then I think I wound up just thinking, you know, this this works so well as a game, and part of the experience is the interactivity of it and the the immersion mm-hmm. of it. Uh, so yeah, now I've I've changed my tune on that. <laughs> but that movie exists. It's called Ghost Dog. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah Except dude. Forrest Whitaker never dresses in a bathrobe for some reason. No. no no guy at a casino ever tells him, hey, nice bathrobe. My mom has the same one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this game does uh, yeah. have like a weird kind of dark sense of humor. I loved it. I mean, one, oh, of the, one of the assassins you're fighting is named Mr. Kissy Face. I mean, like it's it's, oh, yes. it's weird and crazy and a lot of fun. It's, I don't know. It's very rare to find the uh, the 2D indie retro game that doesn't that takes itself too seriously. Yeah. Every, every game yeah. That, of this genre always has a weird maybe sort Braid. of sense of humor. Yeah, yeah maybe Braid. <laughs> yeah. Braid. Braid feels like a relic of so many years ago. It does almost. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't ago. even know if how, how playable it would be now. It's I still wonder. cool. It's, I mean, it's... Still it's Got very clever puzzles, but yeah, it, it was sort of a way that like people were like, oh, this this sort of style of indie game is the future. But I feel like indie games have generally not gone as artistic. Yeah, in that direction, they go yeah. gone more of the Katana Zero way. Yeah, this game also has one of the biggest turns I've ever experienced from hate, absolutely hating two characters, to immediately feeling bad for them within mm. the span of a few seconds. Mm. Oh yeah, I think I know. Which oh, one you mean. I know which one you're talking about too. Yeah, yeah. I won't won't spoil that, but yeah, yeah. amazing yeah. I, I mean, segment. One one mild spoiler by way of complaint is that, I mean, the ending's a bit inconclusive, isn't it? Like it kind of leaves you leave, leaves the door open for much more. Katana one. I'm wondering if they're going to address that in DLC or a sequel or what. This actually has gotten DLC since it launched, but it's oh. been like. Free updates that add like a uh, speed run mode, oh, okay. add, like an extra hard mode. Mm. So, but not not like story additions. Oh, bummer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, Katana Zero is our favorite two D game of the year. Yeah, officially. Obviously, there have been a few that we we missed that we didn't include on this list. Uh, Baba is you. Mm. Is, oh yeah. Pretty good. I mean, I I had a lot of trouble with the puzzles. <laughs> I got way too got frustrated. To th- yeah, I yeah. got to the point where it's just like I'm looking up hints for every one of these, mm. and, and then wondering like, how was I supposed to figure this out on my own? So yeah. I know that I know that it has very devoted fans that mm-hmm. absolutely love it, and I, I guess oh, the I'm premise just not is one of them. brilliant. Oh, it's yes. genius! Oh, yeah. so good that uh, 
you, you're moving words around on screen and, and linking them together to change the rules of the physics of the world around you. Yeah. But you're right, though. The, there's a point in a puzzle game where if you're having to look up every solution, why even play it? Because mm-hmm. the, that's what the enjoyment comes from, is being able to figure this stuff yeah. out. Yeah, speaking and, of Jonathan uh, Indivisible, Blow again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, Indivisible was another one that I really wanted to spend more time with. A beautifully animated story written by Brandon Sheffield, former, what was it? He was a Gama Sutra editor, I think. Hmm. And uh, spent some time with him on a, a Sony junket years and years ago. He's a pretty cool guy. So, um, but yeah... Th- Obviously, some some great games we missed. What I just Sorry what was indivisible? I don't even know what that game is. And just it's it sort of builds on like what Valkyrie Profile did. It's an RPG set in like a two D platforming world, and the heroine absorbs the characters that she meets, and they live in her head, and then come out during battles to to fight. Anyway, that has been our top five two D games of twenty nineteen. Hope you enjoyed them. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about a new release, uh, <laughs> some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned. Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30 2010. Here's a clip from 1999. American Pie was a phenomenon with uh, five, five, four sequels and three straight to video sequels. Yeah. But American Pie is all about guys trying to get laid, especially through the eyes of Jim, Jason Biggs, who I think is actually pretty fun. I like that. I, I've always liked Jason Biggs, and I'm try- I can't even remember what the pie scene is because oh, he fucks it. No, no, yes, <laughs> I recall. But uh, With I his penis. <laughs> but I saw both move the the first two movies in theaters, and the MPAA always has a cut to suggest. So the DVD has if you watch. You watched it more on DVD. You have a different fucking scene. So, what do you remember him doing with the pie? Honestly, I don't remember. Like, I've kind of blocked. Did that his dad out. come in and he has the pie plate over I his crotch? So, yeah. So, on the right. unrated, unrated DVD, he's on the counter fucking it. Oh, and- missionary <laughs> style. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you do doggy with a pie? <laughs> I mean, not if you're the giver. Uh, bend it over the fireplace. And like- <laughs> but you could do reverse cowgirl. Uh, <laughs> How do you reverse it? It's round. Well, the pie plate's away from you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the pie plate is its underwear. I <laughs> think it's all but. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, And welcome back to our final segment where we will not waste any time on idiotic recurring jokes about me wasting time as I slowly inch my fingers toward this button that plays this sound. (laughs) 
You like it. Uh, what Tom? <laughs> what welcome back is a very appropriate term for the next game we're talking about. Because uh, this yeah. game says that quite a bit. Welcome back, toilet. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back. Back to the world. Have you guys? Who's who's played Watam or Watam? I guess Watam. I have. I have. I have not played. I, this. I have. This is from the Katamari. Yes. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Kata Takahashi. It looks like yes. uh, the the Mister Men. You ever read the Mister Men yes, series it of does. books? Yes, it does. I still do. Like yeah, that. by right. It's. It, it, it finally adapted into video game form. <laughs> this is a very weird game. Um, you it, like it's apparently post-apocalyptic. You, like it, it just starts out by saying once the world contained all the things, and then it didn't. And uh, like <laughs> Mr. Mayor, your your main character is the last remaining thing on Earth until he discovers a rock that comes to life, and uh, he's like a little green cube with a mustache. And he has a special power that if he lifts his hat, there's always a bomb underneath. <laughs> and it launches him and his friends into the air, and they love it. And they love it. Can't and enough. Av- all the characters sound very childlike. They're just, like, constantly giggling and playing. And the early objectives are all things like uh, link hands to form a circle with your friends. Now run around in a circle. Now a plant will grow. Now cry on it in order <laughs> to... <laughs> to make it grow, and it is a puzzle game uh-huh. in the lightest sense of the word, in, in a very strange, organic way. Yes, yeah, that's that, it's 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 also a game. Um, you might be embarrassed to play in front of other adults, <laughs> like I was at work today. <laughs> you described it as very preschool. I was I mean. playing this on my lunch break, and luckily I had headphones in, so no one could hear it. But uh-huh. like. It, it is very preschool in that even the pace it moves at sometimes with the way the characters are interacting with each other and like how long it holds on certain animations. Like this is the kind of game I feel like it's safe to show a toddler and like a toddler would love it. Mm-hmm. it, it and I'm not I don't mean to knock the game because I actually love it, but it's very Teletubbies at certain times. Yeah. It's it's like well okay let me let me very quickly describe the progression of roughly the game's first hour. So you got the mayor, and he has rock friends that come to life, yep. and you, you blast yourself into the sky, and eventually an acorn appears. The acorn plants itself, becomes a tree. The, uh, or no, sorry, before the acorn even shows up, a nose shows up, and uh, it, it sniffs various flower characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I think the acorn appears. The acorn grows into a tree. The tree starts eating the other characters yes. and pooping them out as uh, fruit. Or vegetables, and and we should also say that you can choose to control any character at yes. any given time. But sometimes it's a little jarring because that's what the the right analog stick does. It selects yeah. different characters, so you like just go instinctively to move the camera, and like, oh no, that's the triggers. Now I'm a different character. Now I need to find the original character I was trying to control. But the characters will also interact with each other without your help, and so sometimes. If you're going to get stuck or don't know what to do, they will just do the thing you're supposed to be doing without you. For example, when you become the tree, mm-hmm. you start to eat the various characters, yeah, and then they, they become fruit. And then their presence attracts a table with a mouth on it. You yes. then control the mouth to eat the, the fruit characters, and they become poop. And that's one of those things where I had not taken control of the mouth yet. I was still doing the last thing to get everyone kind of converted. Uh-huh. 
And then I just started seeing poops around my yeah. little world. And I'm like, where did the poop come from? And then it's like, I'm playing as the mouth. Oh, okay. The mouth yeah. eats the fruit. Turns it, And all of it's very intuitive. Yeah. And it takes about five to ten seconds before you go, oh, that's like, uh-huh. like you know, the hardest puzzle, quote unquote, so far in the early game was like, they're all crying. Should I get them to stop crying? Oh, I see a sprout on the ground. My tears will probably water the sprout. Yeah. And it's, as you get near it, like it, the, <laughs> oh. the sprout kind of quivers and like, oh, okay, this is doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, once once all the characters are converted into poop, a toilet appears. Welcome and, back, toilet. And yeah, you, welcome back to the world, toilet. You came in from heaven, and uh, <laughs> on a giant toilet. Yeah, There's on a, a giant toilet, toilet on a bigger toilet. Yeah, and so you control the, the little toilet. What the fuck is this game? Exactly, exactly. You control the little toilet, and you you need to eat the poops, and then they turn into gold poops. And for some reason, the next thing to come back to the world is bowling. Well, as we all know, gold poop is very, very lucky, and I, so we're very fortunate. We get we get bowling. <laughs> that was that. that was the prize for finding all the Korok seeds in uh, Breath of the Wild, right? Gold poop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, when I've I've read a lot of reviews of this game, um, and they all kind of said similar things, which is, if it weren't so charming, you wouldn't put up with a lot of the bullshit in this game, <laughs> or the literal shit. <laughs> but it is it is yeah, utterly cool. charming, and it is. Okay, so it's not like Katamari, no. but it's making me feel a lot of the same emotions when I first discovered and started playing a Katamari game, and that is like, it is so very charming and is so you know very adorable, and you just want to find, you want to discover things, and it has this sense of discovery, and it's what it's what he does well, you mm-hmm. know, the, the Katamari guy. That, yeah. That's what he's going to go to his grave as is the Katamari yeah. guy. Yeah. This is this is more Nobi yeah. Nobi Boy than Katamari. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But um. Yeah, so I, it's hard to classify this thing and call it a traditional game, or even it is like a light puzzle game. But it is a let's call it a discovery game. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'd say there's nothing else like it right now. I can't, I can't wait to actually get back and play a lot more because I'm only like you, like a little hour in or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's, um, I'm just guessing this thing's gonna go places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there is a plot. Like I, I was looking up stuff for it and found like, oh, here. Uh, uh, explanation of what the ending means like oh it has an ending okay well okay this is clearly headed towards something but that's interesting um yeah yeah, another another new release much more conventional but definitely sought after that came out this week uh the original blade runner pc game uh came to to, as as out on gog.com from 1997 yes that game Yeah. yeah It kind is now available on GOG for the first time in forever. Yeah, kind of a rarity, but beloved. Uh, mm-hmm. Held up as an exemplar of point-and-click gaming. So, uh, yeah, go check it out. It's like 8 bucks, something like that. 8 or $9. Based on the Snatcher, I believe, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we won't get that until the TurboGrafx... Yeah, the TurboGrafx-16 Mini Classic, whatever it is, comes out next year, and that will be in Japanese. Well, it would be the, the Sega the Sega CD Mini, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, I guess right. there was yeah, a yeah. TurboGrafx yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in Japanese. I, I just want to say, I think I feel like uh, good old games, um, GOG, mm-hmm. is really doing uh, some great work. Like, I really appreciate... Because, like, the, it's a nightmare to try and get PC games from, like, the late 90s to run on your computer. Mm-hmm. Like... First, you need to have a disk drive, which most computers don't, yes. and then like you have to emulate some kind of old computer state. And so it's just awesome that they're like, "Hey, we've done all this hard work for you, and you can buy the game for eight bucks." Like, and I don't know how big the market is for like a, the Blade Runner game from the late '90s, mm-hmm. but it's just really cool that they decided that this is what they needed to do. And it was the same when they released classic Diablo. 
like which I'm sure has been decently optimized for newer systems. But even that, they're like, hey, there's a market for people who want to play original Diablo, and wouldn't it be great if it was ten bucks and easily available? Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to load them in some weird MS DOS shell or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very playable out, out of the mm-hmm. box. All right. Well, that about does it for new releases. Yeah. So let's head, move along to finally. <laughs> to hear that lovely monstrosity I cobbled together. Uh, no, what, what I meant by finally was we finally hit a week that didn't have like tons of new releases at the, yeah. literally the last week of the year. <laughs> well, like, second to last, but yes. Yeah, yeah, it's like, come on, man. I've been oh, a, I've been a guest on this podcast once and I already remembered to take out my headphones before you played the, the upcoming <laughs> Smart. news clip. Smart. Yeah. I really no, that's okay. I learned my lesson last time. <laughs> Got him. It's a compliment. All right, you guys ready for the (laughs) biggest hardware announcement of the year? Oh, my God. Yes. The PS4 controllers got back. Uh, (laughs) There's a new attachment for the PS4 controller that includes two buttons that can be individually mapped to 16 different DualShock 4 inputs with an integrated OLED screen. Uh, So this... Wait, so the OLED screen is on the back? Yeah. It has an interface for you to assign the buttons. Why anything? Why now? But, but With a why, why a screen on the back? Uh, well, I think this is one of those things. It's like the Xbox. It's it's Sony's answer to the Xbox Elite controller, right. which has those paddles that. Yes. I don't know about you, Michael, but that's the first thing I remove because yes. I, I always Same. accidentally hit those and trigger commands, and I'd rather not use them. But if you are the type of person that wants those back buttons, like the paddles, this is their answer to it. It costs thirty dollars. It's coming in January. I don't know why. It is neat that they're doing this. It feels really late in the PS4 lifecycle, considering the PS5 will probably come... I mean, if Xbox is next holiday, they're probably going to be next holiday as well. But So, yeah, but um, yeah. it's there. And it is spawning one of my favorite memes of today, which is the natural evolution of the DualShock, which it shows the little nub that this thing adds to the middle, and then it slowly grows until it morphs into <laughs> an N64 controller. <laughs> it's due for a comeback. Well, looking at, looking at pictures of this thing... <laughs> it like it's saying that the OLED screen is used for assigning the the different functions, and mm-hmm. it looks like so it, it it fits on the back of the controller, but also extends down below it. Yeah, it it's goes in that little like weird input slot that your PS4 controller mm-hmm. has next to the headphone jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I I thought that was neat and cool. Uh, it it obviously was not the biggest hardware announcement of the week. Um, mm-hmm. The biggest hardware announcement was uh, Microsoft showed off the. Xbox uh-huh. at the Game Awards. It's last just week. Xbox. Well, what they showed was the <laughs> Xbox Series X, right. which everyone was like, okay, so is that the final name? It's no longer Project Scarlet. They then had to go back and clarify that, well, it's sort of like how there's the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X. The Series X is just kind of like a submodel name of. They're just hitting the reset button. They're just calling it the They Xbox. went down a bad road, and they needed to reset it. Once Once the Xbox One came out, and you had to differentiate between yeah. the original Xbox... Yeah, I believe the official name for the first Xbox became Xbox OG, which is, oh. which is not what you want. I mean, not the official name, but that's what most people refer to it as. Yeah. yeah. That's what most people call it, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I call that controller the Duke. Mm-hmm. You know, the big giant controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh, you're right. It, it's 
even further back though than the Xbox One is like when they called the second one the Xbox 360. Yeah. yeah. Where do you go from there? You know, and so if they were, I told you, Super Xbox, <laughs> the XXX sure. okay. Y box, yeah, there we Y box, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Fox News sex box. <laughs> oh, remember that Mass Effect Chiron, of right? Course. Oh yes, oh yes, of yeah. course. So, so let's talk a bit. They, there was a lot of things that came up after the game awards that we found out about this system so other than the fact that it is just called the xbox which i mean i don't blame them you kind of have to do that it it does suck that we're gonna have to be like xbox og and then now xbox 2019 or 2020 model i should say and then what do you call the next iteration but i, I would like to talk about that because i think what it opens the door for them to do is more iterative console design where i think a lot of us were surprised that there was going to be a next generation of consoles because what we saw with this generation, you kind of had the weird half steps of like the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. So this is them saying, okay, it sounds to me like they could establish a platform at that point where it's like more incremental updates. And there are some things that this is doing that would seem to fit that narrative. So for example... I can't imagine the use case of the of this person, but this game will take whatever progress. Let's say you're playing a game on the Xbox One. If you download that game on your new Xbox Series X, you can pick up right where you left off. So basically, your save goes from the Xbox One to, oh, the, nice. to, the, to the Series X. Yeah. Um, also, any game you purchase on your Xbox One, as long as it's the same game, they will not recharge you for. Hmm. Which to me is like, well, wait, a huge portion of the revenue from this particular console generation was remakes. So mm-hmm. does that just mm-hmm. that's just revenue that's gone? So so if you buy Halo Infinite. When it first comes out on sure. your Xbox One or whatever, you will the second your your Series X comes in, you, you know you get your pre-order and it comes in, you will have access to Infinite without having to rebuy that game, right? Mm. So they are kind of blurring the lines and erasing what it typically means to have a console generation at that point. Yeah, but I I mean at some point a new console is inevitable because even though so much stuff can be done digitally, at some point the hardware is what needs to be improved and they don't ex- they can't expect people to actually go in and put new hardware in their system oh for, for sure yeah. and, and and there's all kinds of things that, that there's challenges this introduces right if you're a developer what level of the platform do you develop for like what specs do you develop for at, at one point right and so it's just like the iphone where we are kind of in a weird age where there are certain apps that will only run up to certain OSs or only certain versions of the iPhone. It's never really clear. Um, And it's like, okay, if you get the new one, sometimes it won't run the older apps. And so I think this could get very cloudy um, with doing it this way. Cloud computing-y, you mean? Yes. (laughs) What do you guys think of the form, like the the design, the form factor of the thing that they showed off? It's Uh, just like a giant black rectangle. It looks like the obelisk from 2001, right? uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's like... I love it. I love it. it, 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 Apparently, in terms of size, it is equivalent to two GameCubes stacked on top of one another. Mm. I've I've also seen three controllers tall by one controller wide. Sure. Uh, Yeah, but are are they talking... Sega Master System controllers or the Duke controllers, you know? Well, it's it's. it's I think the official term is. uh, Oh, okay. The official term is dummy thick. It's dummy (laughs) dummy thick. They also confirmed people were making fun of the design, which to me, 
if you have an Echo device, like the original Echo, like that would fit perfectly mm-hmm. next to your Echo. But uh, they also confirmed it can lay on its site. And so you don't need to yeah, worry. Because no. a lot of people are like, oh, my entertainment center's not designed to fit that. And I'm At like, the nah. same time, that means it's roughly twice the height of a regular Xbox One. And yes. or, or a little little bit thicker than an OG Xbox One. Sorry, twice the height of an Xbox One X. Yes. And uh, there's going to be a lot of wasted space if it's sitting at the front of a shelf in your entertainment center. There's going to be a lot of empty space. Well, it's a lot less it. deep, but there could be a benefit to that in terms of cooling. That's true. That Maybe. empty space mm-hmm. is is very practical when it comes to running but fans. It seems like the vertical. Uh, orientation is the best for cooling because it's like, well, heat rises. This is just one fan that's going to vent all the heat out of the system. Yeah. So I'm probably more likely to like set up a new surface to place this on rather than try to fit it in in my or do what I center. did with like my switch. Um, you know, with a little dock. It's it's kind of tucked behind my TV on mm-hmm. my on my entertainment center. It's just like there. It's out of sight when I don't want it to be there, but you know, it's it's accessible if I need it. To sure. Be. I will say I feel like the the discussion of console aesthetics has essentially been on the decline since like the PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. When like and, and like Xbox One and PS Four, they're like it's a box. What do you want? Like yeah. they're they're not they don't want it. The design is not to make things look cute anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this the new Xbox is just like the evolution of that. They're like yeah, the more boring it looks, the more powerful it is. Uh, that's, VCR, that's their mentality. Your, your, yeah, your exactly. furniture evolved to fit this device that nobody uses anymore, so all new devices have to be based on the form factor of that old device. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it needs to look somewhat sleek. Yeah, you don't want... Uh, yeah, yeah, Gamers are growing up along with the medium, so you don't necessarily want like a cute little purple GameCube I, in your uh, home entertainment I might center. be asking something obvious here, but does this thing... Do they confirm that this has a disk drive? Yes. Uh, yes, it does. Is that... Yes, okay. Okay. But there's there's rumors that there might be another model already in the works that would not that could just be more even could even be for for streaming or something mm-hmm. like that. So could, could be a Chromecast with a controller. <laughs> uh, but this thing, and it's as they are discussing the Series X, it looks like it's going to run games 4K 60 frames per second with the possibility of running up to 120 frames per second. Uh, it includes support for something they're calling variable refresh rate and possibly 8K capabilities, which I've read that 8K is – that's the resolution the human eye sees at. Like there's nothing better oh. than 8K oh. in terms of resolutions. Like once you hit it, you're there. We're just going to have to buy It doesn't eyes. mean they won't try to sell you something better though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We do need our cyber eyes for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, and then the other thing further kind of feeding into my narrative about what does a console cycle and generation even mean anymore is this is backwards compatible all the way back to the OG Xbox. Which, I'll believe uh, it when I see it. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, I, I hope that's true. I love that. Are idea. they saying yeah. that you literally can put in four different kinds of discs and have it just play them? Yeah, I mean they're all the same size. I'm guessing it's going to do what the mm. Xbox One does now because the Xbox One is three generations compatible already for certain types. Yeah, but only yeah. with a limited list, right? Not so limited anymore. They've been doing it long enough where it's mm. it's hundreds of titles deep at this point. Yeah, but at the same time, cool. like. Isn't it that, like, with the Xbox One that you put in the disc and then it downloads the game? Yeah, it's an emulator. Okay, it it yeah. basically just mm. runs an emulator of the Xbox. But it's on not that running platform. it off the disc. It downloads an online it's, digital it, version. Most games don't run off the disc now anyway. They're just mm. checking. The discs mm. are DRM checking mechanisms, basically. <laughs> we're, we're back in the days when, remember, you'd, you'd go out and buy a disc for a PC game and then you pop it in and it's just like the Steam client on the disc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, what happens when you put in a PS4 game? It installs the disc onto your hard disk. There, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing to run off the disk at this point. Anymore. Yeah. 
all discs get you now is the ability to resell something back to GameStop. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, so other other stuff about this, um, it can, it includes a supp- uh, suspend feature for multiple games at the same time, which is kind of cool because wow. I, I, I tend to that's juggle multiple cool. games oh, like that's that. Cool. Yeah, and yeah, so you can pick up right where you left off. They did show off a little bit of the new controller. It's almost identical to the current controller. It's a little smaller. It includes the hybrid D-pad from the Elite controllers. You know that cool like disc-looking D-pad Ooh. thingy, and it has a share button, more like the PS4 controller. Huh. Yeah, the DualShock oh. 4. You mean that button I never ever use? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, the pricing has not been released, but they did confirm this is coming holiday 2020. Hmm. Wow. And that was, I think, probably the biggest announcement from the Game Awards. Although there were a lot of games shown off uh before we reach there i just want to quickly cover so i, I was running those fan polls on uh-huh. uh, on twitter at vg apocalypse uh, we don't have to cover all the winners here because there's ways you guys can easily look those up but i will say that our fans you only aligned with the the winners from the show six total times mm-hmm. out of 21 the 21 that we voted on Pretty much, it was only whenever they voted for something Nintendo or anime. That's when you guys, our fans, uh, tend to, to, to coincide with you're, the taste. You're out of step with the game stream <laughs> or the, the mainstream gaming press. Um, other <laughs> things to call out. So, um, I'd say one of the big winners of the show was Sekiro. Yeah, it was the game of the it year. Got game of the year, which it's just kind of mind blowing to me because it's like, yeah, it's an amazing game. I don't know that I call it game of the year. I, you know what I was telling you though is like I don't know that a lot of people would would call it that, but it, it like enough people liked it where it was probably like a number like three on enough lists where by the uh-huh. law of averages it just ended up being like the uh-huh. most voted. It got maybe the most points or something. Interesting. Mm, Our fans though chose a game from last year for the game of the year, so <laughs> they chose Smash as their game yeah, of the year. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Smash and Greece. I mean, Smash had a great year. Yeah. It, yeah it I mean, I, I played Smash a tremendous amount of time this huh. year, and every time there was new DLC, I'm like, yeah, I'll play Smash some more. Uh, another big winner from the show, Disco Elysium won four awards. That, that's nuts. I mean, it definitely deserves a lot of recognition. Like, the writing in that game is amazing, yeah. but that's a little surprising. It, well, it, it took all of the indie awards that Untitled Goose Game, I thought, was going to win. Mm. Like, Disco Elysium oh, took yeah. it. The last thing is, you know, people were, they were kind of crying foul, like, wow, Death Stranding sure is nominated for a lot of awards. Uh-huh. Death Stranding only walked away with two awards. The one it had to have yeah. given him was the Direction Award right, to, yes. to Hideo Kojima. We love Kojima. Uh, and then it, it won for score and music, which in huh. a year where you got Cadence of Hyrule, how could you let this happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, those are remixes of familiar standards. But amazing remixes! But they're not by Chiverches, or however you pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> Chiverches. <laughs> oh, that's very good. I can't be the first person to come up with that. Come on. First person to ever say it out loud in front of me. No, it's all caps. You have to yell it. Chiverches! Chiverches! Yeah. There was, there was a ton of announcements, so I, I've just picked a few. I think was a lyric in that Senua's Saga trailer. Yes, that was one of the announcements. So yeah, Senua's yeah. Saga is the sequel to Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Uh-huh. They showed what they were saying was an in-engine real-time trailer. Damn. That thing looks so good. Mm-hmm. And that was running on the Series X. Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised that's getting a sequel at all. Like yeah. that, was a, that was a pretty self-contained... like. Very intense experience. I wasn't expecting a sequel to that at all. Yeah, it, and that that game felt it, it was more like interactive art to me, like mm-hmm. what they were doing. And yeah. so, yeah, 
Triple like you said, indie game. Yeah, yeah, triple I, if you will. But mm-hmm. to, a masterpiece of sound design, if nothing else. Yeah. Oh my god, that sounds incredible. Wear so, yeah. headphones for God's sake, it says right at the oh, beginning. Yeah. yeah. So that <laughs> so the fact that it's getting a sequel and man, it looked so good. And then Michael, it 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 gave you something you want to become a trend with the, the type of music in that trailer. Yeah, I, I, I told you like between that like creepy ass chant and the uh the Mongolian folk rock that's in Jedi Fallen Order right, by that yeah. band, The yeah. Who, spelled H U. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I kind of hope that we like step away from like these breathy female covers of like '80s and '90s standards for game trailers, and just like, just give me some guttural barbarian shouting. Like, I love this. Shit. <laughs> oh, you mean like the trailer that yeah. I helped produce that debuted at the show? Um, I made one of those. Uh, Did you? So. One of the announcements was Magic Legends, which is an MMO based in the Magic Universe. Uh, that Ooh. was a game I was working on that, yeah, I, I helped produce that trailer. And so I I made the thing we always make fun of. I made the breathy female cover song trailer. <laughs> this one wasn't a cover song. It was an original song. Oh, well, that's different then. Oh, yes. Yeah. So how many... Uh... How many attempts has there been to take the Magic the Gathering universe and, like, expand it into its own game that's not just the card game? 7,000. There was, like, that... There was a lot, and they all seemed to sort of disappear very quickly. I remember there so. were a few back in the day, but there haven't been many recently. Everything mm-hmm. Magic recently has been a card game. So. Yeah, I mean, there was okay. Magic mm-hmm. the Gathering Battle Mage. There was yeah. the PlayStation 1 game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there one that used the camera on PS3, or is that a different game? That's a different. You're thinking of the Eye of Judgment. 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 Yeah, I have Judgment. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I couldn't remember if that was associated with Magic. I, I, quick aside. I was at the press conference where they showed that off. The infamous 599 US dollars press conference. Oh, and, yes. oh man. Um, but there was a guy in the audience, like a few rows ahead of me, toward the front, and he was just like screaming his fucking head off, going like, "Oh, that is so pimp!" I've always wanted a live-action Magic the Gathering game. Like, Jesus, dude, calm down. So I remember being on the show floor in Sony's booth, and I was just kind of, like, looking for stuff that didn't have a line. Mm-hmm. And some guy, like, grabbed me by the wrist and was like, come in here, you got to see this. And he proceeded to give me a 40-minute demo of that game that I did not want to see because no one wanted to see it at the show. And I just nodded politely. I was like, that's great. I don't I don't play these types yeah, of the, games. The only time someone, time someone actually grabbed me at E3 was to show me, like, like the Nyko airflow controllers that had like little fans inside, like they cool your hands while <laughs> you're playing. Yeah. Hell yeah. Have you ever wanted to <laughs> yes. cross gaming with that blower at the bowling alley that dries your hand before you roll? <laughs> Have Boy. you ever wanted to lacerate your hand if you snap the controller in frustration? <laughs> You ever want to feel like there's an old man breathing on your palms while you play games? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> We've got the controller for you. <laughs> Best mental image ever. <laughs> um, another game they announced that, Michael, I know you will be excited for because you like the original. Uh, there's a sequel to The Forest called Sons of the Forest. Ooh. Yeah, which yeah, is I was, the... I was uh, it, more impressed than I expected to be with The Forest. Like, that, that game has a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Another game that I know you're excited for, at least we have made you... We, we've made it out to seem like you're excited. Mm-hmm. Maneater is coming May 2020. I, I am actually excited. Oh, I, I here am, it comes. I'm, that's, that's one I'm kind of hoping to see, a breathy... Like, I've been telling, like, <laughs> people involved with the game, yeah. like, you should make a breathy female <laughs> cover of Hollow Notes' Maneater, but for this game. <laughs> That'd be amazing, actually. 
Yeah. I really actually want to hear that now. <laughs> yeah. um, Surgeon Simulator 2 is coming in 2020 because YouTubers huh. need games to play as well. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> 9 to 5 was a really interesting teaser trailer. That was the one that they showed a bunch of cartoon bunnies. And oh, then they yeah. pulled back and it was like a military guy. And so I think it's a military multiplayer uh, shooter. Hmm. There. But, um, oh, see, I'd be way more into it if it was the bunnies, actually. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, Godfall. Is the first official PS5 game announced, and that really? was shown at wow. the show. Yeah, yeah. They didn't show any in-game footage, but they did show a cinematic, which is what, what were they calling it? A, lo- a slashy looter, a looter slasher. A looter. It's a it's a <laughs> melee-based looter game, which the armor kind of was like futurist. It looked like the oh shit, what's that iPhone game where? Oh, uh, Infinity Blade. Oh, okay. It looked like the armor from oh, Infinity yeah, yeah. Blade a little bit. I thought you were going to say Warframe for a second. That too, mm. that too, but a little bit more medieval traditional armor okay, stuff. Right. But, uh, so yeah, they, they showed that. Um, Godfall and then uh, Naraka Blade Point was a martial arts multiplayer brawler that they showed off that looked pretty good. Okay. That's a, that's a fun description. I like that premise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine it's an MMO. It's like a kung fu MMO where you just yeah. wander around and punch dudes. We uh, mm-hmm. on our on our show we recently played the Xena Warrior Princess game on N sixty four. I imagine it's going to be exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, but with multiple yeah. players. Uh, one yeah. premise that I am super into. I can't wait to see more. Weird West is hmm. a top down cowboy sim um, from Rafael Colantonio, one of the lead developers from Dishonored and Prey. And that is being published oh. by Devolver Digital, so it you know. Actually, reminded mm. me a little bit of Hard West, which is a similar concept. Yeah, where it's yeah. like, yeah, this is a weird, vaguely Lovecraftian version of the Wild West. Right, but a little bit of. Uh, oh man, what was that one where you're the vampire sheriff? Dark Watch. Dark Watch. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Dark Watch. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I love. I love That's Weird West. Act. And yeah. and and Red Dead Redemption Two has a, had some weird moments to it, but yeah, uh, it, I love that. We need that. to see an Undead Nightmare mod for that. Yes. Yes. Oh God. PUBG Corp, which, full disclosure, I work for a subsidiary thereof, uh, unveiled Prologue at the Game Awards. And which all... is not a sequel, as PC Gamer <laughs> declared. I... <laughs> Tyler, check your boy. <laughs> of course Prologue's not a sequel, man. But it, it's an all-new project from Player Unknown himself uh, and his all-new renamed studio, Player Unknown Productions. Hmm. I wish I knew that guy, but he's unknown. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that that name has stuck as like one of the biggest games in the world of like just his username became the name of the game yeah. and you're like yeah i'm just gonna stick with this i'm not gonna give it a real name yeah. we'll just call it player unknown battlegrounds yeah, yeah. untitled battleground game yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah prologue the, the teaser they showed was just kind of like um an environment uh scene it was it was like in a a forest with lightning cl- crashing and stuff like mm-hmm. that um and then uh player unknown himself Forbes was able to find him because he did do an interview with Forbes oh, okay. where, he, where he talked a little bit about what they're trying to do. So now he's player known. Yeah, that's right. Well, we've always known. He's Brendan, man. Yeah, Brendan. all right. Um, it's Michael but- Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids. Ah, yes. You know, the reason Bloomberg has never been able to successfully complete a presidential run is too much Arma. He was just yeah. playing Arma yeah. all the time. Uh, but yeah, so so... They didn't show much, but that was just like a little bit of teaser. Uh, Riot Games, you know who we were talking? They have their new Riot Forge initiative where they're they're kind of publishing a bunch of games. 
Well, they showed off two of those games. So the first, they showed Ruined King, a League of Legends story, which is a turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. And then they showed... <laughs> okay, this is like your Chiverches. It's Convergence, but it's spelled C-O-N-V slash R-G-E-N-C-E, a League of Legends story, which is a platformer. Hmm. Don't know when That's those one of those, like, a, abbreviations that really doesn't make things shorter. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I, yeah. It's a drive yeah. drive three-year situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or seven and then. Amazon Game Studios showed more of that game, New World, which is their survivalist MMO, uh, which they look to be taking more in a, in a supernatural direction with this latest trailer. So uh, we'll have that to look forward to. Uh, or there's a game I'm looking forward to, Wolf Among Us 2. That's amazing. Mm. But I thought, That was shocking. So the, the Telltale brand is on that. I thought they were done. Full disclosure, <laughs> this is not the Telltale that you know and love. I mean, this is just, it's Telltale in name. Oh, so it's like Atari. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Although I did talk to uh, a few industry friends who used to work for Telltale, and apparently there are some team members on this game that were formerly at Telltale. Oh, okay, so that's at cool. At least they have that going for it. Yeah. I, I think that was the one that had been rumored they were working on it when they closed down, and... I don't know if it's using the, the Telltale engine, but it sure looks like it is from that, that teaser mm. we showed. I mean, yeah, and it's same art style, same actors, so I'm on board with this. Yeah, dude. Uh, that was, yeah, I liked that first one. That was probably my favorite Telltale game out of any of them. So uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say mine was Tales of the Borderlands, but I think uh, yeah. Borderlands 3 kind of diluted some of those characters oh, for me. They, yeah. they overdid them a little bit. I liked Borderlands 3, but they overdid some of those characters a little bit, and then they replaced some of the voice actors, not Chris Hardwick but the others. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. That diluted it a bit for me. But Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, but not Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Wolf of Wall, Wolf of Wall Street, Street, the Telltale, Telltale experience. <laughs> How much cocaine do you want to take before lunch? Press X to have three-way with Jonah Hill. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, were really, they were really chasing those licenses there in the last days, weren't they? Uh, Bravely Default 2 is not the second Bravely game because that was Bravely Second, but mm-hmm. that is coming next yeah. year. Wait, there's a game called Bravely Default 2 and Bravely Second? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. God damn it's it. so confusing. That's terrible. Well, they, they're gonna, there's going to be Bravely Second the second. Mm-hmm. Junior. Bravely Second Junior. Bravely Second bra- 3. <laughs> Bravely Second First Blood Part 2. Yes. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Electric Boogaloo. Sure. <laughs> Vin Diesel took to the stage with Michelle Rodriguez to show off Fast and Furious Crossroads. It's all about family. (laughs) Uh, It's a team-based vehicle heist game uh, developed by the Project Cars team. Hmm. Uh, And that is expected this May. Did you you see that trailer at all? Nope. No? Although I did see a teaser for, what is it, like Fast and Furious Spy Cars or Spy Drivers, whatever it is, the animated series. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Why make a a cartoon of a cartoon? I don't know. it, It seems pointless to me. I mean, I am one of those people that has been converted to the Fast and Furious fandom over the mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. I will probably play this. Uh, vehicle high set. So, like, if they do... Okay, imagine Look, it's a It's got to be better than Tokyo Drift, which I think oh. was the last Fast and Furious game, not totally. counting that. Like, the, Was the, it a the, Forza mod? There was or? an arcade game. But there was the Forza minigame, which actually yeah, was yeah. really fun. It was a Forza Horizon mm-hmm. kind of branded... Call it a branded game or whatever. Sure. I believe they ported that arcade game to the Wii U as well, if I'm mm. remembering correctly. I think there's a Fast and Furious game on there. But, but they're yeah, calling this a heist good. game, which, okay, take the heist from GTA V and put those in the Fast and Furious universe. 
all of a sudden you got a game that I want to play. So if the, if, it, if the heists are like that, where you have to plan them out and they're extravagant and they have a bunch of different cool shit you can drive and all that, I could be interested. I could, I could want to play that. As long as I get to drag a giant safe down the down busy streets. <laughs> Hell yeah. As long yeah. as the rock's there. Yeah, as long as you get to parachute out of cars. Yeah. Drop cars out of helicopters. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance series has a new spiritual successor in the aptly named Dark Alliance, which mm. features Drizzt, the the dark elf dude from the D&D, the R.A. Salvatore books. Yeah. Yeah, which I think if you sign up for Audible, you can get a free audiobook of Ice-T reading one of the grid stories. What? <laughs> oh, my I God. Did. I don't know if that was a limited time thing. but That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's like that Samuel L. Jackson Alexa mod you can buy now mm-hmm. for, for like a dollar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, this game is, is it seems to continue onward. It, it is not Baldur's Gate, though. It takes place in Icewind Dale, so a different part of mm. D&D. And then Wizards actually came out there and said, um, you can expect up to, they're they saying something like seven or eight Dungeons and Dragons video games to come within the next few years. Nice. So they are wow. they're going heavy back into that license. So that's cool. Hmm. Um, we already yeah. talked about Magic Legends, which is another Watsy uh, franchise. Uh, and then kind of the last big thing, and this is not a new announcement, but they showed off a lot more of Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. And then, then they gave the release date of summer 2020. But that trailer was like a four or five minute long trailer. Yeah, it was and, huge. And looked to include a lot of gameplay stuff in there. Summer 2020 seems very far away right now. Mm. I know it's not, but this year went so fast. It really did. Uh, the one thing I will say about what they showed, though, is there seems to be a lot of ninja in this samurai game. Yeah, well, it, like I, I could be wrong. The impression that I've got so far is like this is sort of like the origin of ninja almost, and it's like it's a samurai who's forced to fight from the shadows and fight dishonorably against a dishonorable foe. Okay, and and like yeah, that's how he develops these ninja techniques. I could be wrong. That's just my read on it. But I still can't get over the fact that it's the Sly Cooper guys that are making this. Yeah, game. Sucker Punch oh, and wow. the infamous guys. Yeah, yes, yeah. I like. Sucker. It's good that they're they're getting a new. <laughs> new franchise i like sly cooper too yeah it hasn't really i mean it's been kind of dead all right i think i got all the big ones all right that is all the news that is fit to play all right well let's move on to the community segment which as always is segmenting our our community community. Uh, last week's question of the week as you might remember was what is your favorite new character of 2019 um, Woody, Steve, you guys weren't here last week. Do you do you have a ready answer? I'm already there. I know my uh, my pick number one with the bullet is BD One from uh, Oh yeah, uh, it's a good order. choice. BD One, uh, adorable. <laughs> yeah, I heard that every every single time. I will never I, not I really get. Want... I will never get tired of saying that. <laughs> I really want somebody to Photoshop just little BD Wong clinging to the back of. Uh, I, yeah. of the, I keep yeah, wanting to yeah. do an impersonation, but I know it's just going to sound too George Takei. <laughs> like I'm, I'm oh, going to yeah, go. Yeah. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. I mean, BD One, like. Uh, He's adorable, but not in kind of a meme-baiting Baby Yoda way. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, he, he's a functional character, and the friendship that develops between him and Cal throughout that game was, like, the most endearing surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just really warm and uh, sweet little thing. So, BD-1, all the way. Adorbs. Actually, you know what he reminds me of that he might actually be based on? What's Ubo that? the Owl from Clash of the Titans. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. little yeah. mechanical yeah. owl. He, he kind of has that, some, there's something bird-like about him. Yeah, I agree with that. He perches yeah, on your shoulder. Yeah, and he's got the big yeah. eyes and the big head. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and they kind of blink unevenly. Yeah. 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 It kind of reminded me of that Owlbot toy that was popular in the eighties. Anyway. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, the samurai from Sekiro, the the main character, just because he's sort of got everything that I want in a character of, like, he's got a sword, a built-in grappling hook, and then a cut-off cyborg arm that you can shoot uh, shurikens with. Yeah. So, um... Sekiro, yeah. the wolf. Yeah. Yeah. God, I really need to play that game. Oh, it's good. Oh, it is really, really it's, good. It's, it's a big commitment. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's really tough. tough. It's, it's super it's, tough, yeah. but it's great. All right, so... From VigigameApocalypse.com, first to answer was Trick the TM, who says, Best new character for me is V from Devil May Cry 5. Second time tonight I've heard that. I love playing as even more emo Adam Driver and his snarky <laughs> animal pals. His presence also was an interesting change to a lot of the DMC formula. Yeah, he introduced a new way to play. He looks kind of like Oscar Wilde. He's always reading a book. And his name doubles as five, so yeah. you got that going. Uh-huh. Uh, just Justin, <laughs> Justin says, uh, Jeff Keeley and Death Stranding. Yeah. I can't wait for him to show up in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale too. He's, he's very keen on getting those Ludens figures. <laughs> yes, he's he a big is. Ludens fan. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a nice lighthearted rib that yeah, uh, Kojima made him like the nerdiest character in that game, <laughs> but not the most annoying. That's the guy who keeps asking you for pizzas. The pizza dude. Yeah, from Twitter at uh, Kyle Lucky Twelve. Says Takayuki Yagami from Judgment. Oh yeah, <laughs> they did such a great job making this character feel as real as possible. Even if you don't play many of the side missions, which you should, because it's oftentimes hilarious with the outcomes, you get to see how much he transforms from a hotshot lawyer to a thirty-something scared PI. Just going to do the right thing. This character and game goes places the further you get into it. I thought a lot about one's mental health throughout the entirety of this game, and Tack being haunted by his past really brings to light how one decision can stay with you and even ruin your life if you let it. But luckily, Tack has his friends to lean on. I could say so much more, but I will say I still can't believe how good of a story came from the Sega B or C team here. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I really like what I played of Judgment. Uh, that character kind of feels like... What if Phoenix Wright got disgraced and also really good at martial arts? <laughs> <laughs> Could kick people through shop windows in Camarocho. And also, a- when he's like, yeah, if you play the side stuff, why would you play a Yakuza game and not play the side stuff? Exactly. That, that's, that's what you're there for. That's where the that's best the content is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, this next one comes from... Username, Mother Brain is my favorite red tube incest tag. Mother Brain! <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, Octane from Apex Legends. He's just gotta go fast from his awesome and fearsome looking mask to his plus ultra, the adrenaline junkie in me, and how I like to play shooters running and gunning. And he forgot mm-hmm. the apostrophe on the second gunning. Oh, some, no. Some but, very, <laughs> some, yes, and some very good characters in Apex Legends. I think, yeah, I think yeah. The, uh, really, really fun character design. On Facebook, Tyler Watson says, My new favorite game character of 2019 is Claude from Fire Emblem Three Houses. He may as well have been named Lex Luger, though, because he really (laughs) is the total package. Intelligent, funny, handsome, a little roguish, and just an all-around good person. And he can't draw. His dream is to unite all the factions of Fodlan 
Fodlan into a unified <laughs> country, and he's I, I haven't Foodland. played the game enough. Yeah, Foodland, <laughs> Foodland of the All You Can Eat Kingdom uh, into a unified country, and he starts this by leading the Golden Deer House, a ragtag group of nobles and commoners. He really is the heart and soul of the group, keeping them together along with your main character. I loved the Golden Deer route so much; it's going to be hard to play the other options. You're the heart and soul of this team, Cloudy. Edelgard for life! <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> uh, Ryan Carlos says, The angry, nameless Viking in Grindstone. This dude braves horrible creatures, pools of acid, skeleton monsters, and other horrifying things to provide for his family and take them on a nice vacation. Also, <laughs> shout out to Emily Pope in Control. How does she keep her hair so nice during all the crazy shit happening in the oldest house? She's very talented. It's, it's true. It's true. All right. So, new question of the week. This is the big one for 2019, uh, and it's one that we won't read your answers to until next year, until early 2020 when we come back from from our break. But uh, you will get to hear all of our guests' answers on next week's show, where we will talk about our top 10 games of the year. Uh, In the meantime, you guys, Steve, Woody, what is your personal game of the year for 2019? I'll let the, what do you take it first? Oh, sure. Um, Slay the Spire. I, right, I'm right, sad. Right. I'm sad that I missed the conversation about Slay the Spire. Um, but I think that game basically hits the levels of depth that I want from a roguelike game. It has the first section of play where you're sort of learning the mechanics and unlocking new cards. Mm-hmm. The second section where you finally get to the boss and then it's revealed that there's a new additional boss that then you have to play to. And then a sort of ever ratcheting up level of difficulty. Mm-hmm. And just the in the sort of combination. I do think that that game gets a little too hard on the sort of bonus difficulties but you know i guess that's what i signed up for yeah um where you're just kind of dependent on rng i just think that the the constant promise of loot of roguelike keeps me addicted and i just have a real fondness for deck building card games so that game has gotten more play on my switch than anything else that came out this year nice nice uh for me i mean honestly it could go one of like five different ways a lot of good this games is, came this out has been this a year. secretly very good game for a very good year for games <laughs> um I think right now, the way my mood's striking me, I think I have to go with Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, uh, man. I've loved the Fire Emblem series since the first one that came out in the U.S. I played all of them, and this one just feels like such a perfect synthesis of what everyone, of what I love about the series, while adding a whole bunch of fresh new mechanics that just made it so engrossing. Like. I finished playing like a 60-hour campaign and then immediately started up the next one just because I wanted to see all the different branching storylines, and it's been a long time since I've done that. So, yeah, Fire Emblem is incredible, but I could uh, this lock could also be fit by like five other games, so it's a good year. Indeed. Which you will all hear about next week uh-huh. on our game of the year show <laughs> yeah Ooh. we're gonna we're gonna reserve our own answers for next week but uh, <laughs> that's training uh <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i mean that's one of them that's right up there but um anyway yeah that's been our show let's go with some plugs uh woody steve tell us more about ultra 64 and where people can find your stuff Absolutely, yeah. So we are the hosts of the Ultra 64 podcast. That's the podcast where we are playing through every single game in the Nintendo 64 catalog. Uh, you could hear our episode on GoldenEye from a couple weeks ago with Michael and uh, yeah, Diane Goodman on there. Super awesome. And uh, already uh, our most downloaded episode. I thought you should know that just oh, officially shit. today. You guys uh, jumped to the top of that. Uh, so that, uh, I think by the time you listen to this episode, our our 
episode will be on Army Men, uh, the three Army Men games that came out on, (laughs) which is kind of, uh, that's like, I think what he said last time, that's kind of our sweet spot with these games. Everyone wants to talk about Zelda, but it's the, it's the little in-between games like that that are, uh, kind of fun for us. Um, and our other podcast. Yeah, the other podcast we do is called Jest Friends, J-E-S-T. Um, that is a, we're reading through David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest, 50 pages at a time. I think we just crossed. We just crossed the halfway mark. Wow. Yep. So if, if you've ever, you know, felt the urge to try and make it through that book and then given up, um, we're here to bear it with you. Yep. It, it only um, took you 700 yeah. episodes to get there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. What what number are you up to in episodes? Uh, I think we've done 10. 10. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. The yeah. whole thing oh, should be about 20 episodes. Yeah, yeah. That's 500 pages. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. It's so much. It's so much. Somehow 50 pages doesn't sound like a lot, but I guess it is. You guys are going to do a Tolstoy miniseries next. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why not? War in podcasts? I don't, I don't know what you call that. <laughs> it's got to be out there somewhere. <laughs> Apologies if we infringed upon your copyright. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, and of course, the thing that keeps this machine a running patreon.com slash laser time that supports the entire network from Vigigame apocalypse to 30 2010 to cheap podcast the laser time network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling uh we have <laughs> lots of fun stuff planned for you guys for the end of the year heading into next year um Thank you so much. It is toward the end of the year, so I might as well take this opportunity to all of our patrons. Thank you so much for your support throughout the year. Uh, we really hope you stick with us into 2020. Can't believe I'm saying 2020. 2020. Um, uh, but yes, thank you so much. If you are not a patron already, please consider it in this giving holiday season uh, to go give us some support. And again, that's at patreon.com slash laser time. What's that address, Michael? Patreon.com slash laser time. That's right. Well, another address is vidjagameapocalypse.com where you can find all of our shows. Uh, but if you want to just get occasional updates when we update, uh, go to Twitter and follow us at VG Apocalypse. Or, you know what, if you just want occasional dumb jokes, follow me at uh, Wikiparas. So that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Steve and Woody for guesting on here. Thanks for having us. We'll see you next week with our top ten games of the year on which you will be guesting, Steve. Among among other people, we have a big rotating panel of guests uh, for for each game. So it should be a lot of fun. It's uh, it's kind of a huge undertaking. So So, yeah. Hopefully it all works out and uh, you get something fun to listen to that is probably over three or four hours. Again, you know, it's like, yeah, if you need to escape the family or something, we'll be there for you with several hours of content. We'll be there to drown them all out. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll see you next year. Oh, well, I forget the developer's name at this point. Okay, yeah. anyway, let me look it up anyway, real quick just... so we can sound smart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Editing.